You are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast, a podcast where myself, David Gillespie, and my friend Rich talk about out-of-the-way games that we enjoy, the conventions we play them at, and anything our friends want to jump on and talk about. If that sounds like what you're looking for, please have a listen. We've added some social media places for you to join us in talking about games and RPGs. We're on Twitter, at High Shelf Gaming, and we have a Facebook group called High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Click to join, we'll get you added in. It's a closed group, but we're friendly to all game enthusiasts. Hey everyone, this is David again with High Shelf Gaming Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy Rich, um, our co-host extraordinaire, as you've heard in the past, I'm sure. And today, I'm joined by my good friend, Daniel Shedd. And uh, Daniel, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name's Daniel Shedd. Uh, I am a gamer from Dallas. Um, I've known David for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rich for some painful fraction of that. <laughs> the right. the, the most I'm, painful. Because I'm only 25, so he can't know me that long. That's so. right. <laughs> You're so young. Right. It, and Daniel, how do you how do you spell your last name? Because I think it's more like Sheed, isn't it? How would it you is spelled S H E A D, like oh, lead okay. or bread or dead. But shed, okay. But shed, I got it. Got it. The joke here, guys, is that we did a we did an intro <laughs> earlier, and I completely messed up my friend's last name. That I've been friends with him like like we said 15, 20 years, and I've never said it right. And apparently, I've been corrected many times, and just completely. Oh, I'm such an awful friend. So, moving forward, Daniel, what game are we talking about today? We will be talking about Shadowrun Crossfire. Yes, I am excited to talk about this one. So, this one is, it's got come some of the things that I really like in games right now. I'm really into cooperative games yes. these days. And I don't know, maybe that's just my friend group kind of getting me in that direction. But it's a deck building game, too. It is. Yeah, and have you played it before? You Daniel's been uh, hanging out with me quite a bit this week. Had you played it before this week? This is my first ex- experience with this deck builder. Okay. I played several other similar sorts of games, including some of the uh, the superhero cooperative RPGs. Oh, nice! Um, that are deck builders. Nice. But this is a better game. Really? But how does it compare to like some of the other ones that you've seen that are the fact that everybody starts with a, a nice, small, balanced, simple deck, mm. similar to Dominion. Where you start out with a few basic cards. Yeah. They're not very exciting. And as you go, you build a more and more interactive deck. My favorite mechanic is that very few of the cards let you draw more cards. But all of the cards that you buy as you go through and, and, and add new cards to your deck are added to your hand first. So you get to play them immediately. Yeah, that is. Oh. So, so Daniel and I used to play uh, Race for the Galaxy way back in the day. And that was you buy a card and it goes into your discard. So you're going to see it, I don't know, sometime in the future, but it's not going to be when you need it. It's going to be later. And one of the things about this game that I really like is that as one is a cooperative game, you can kind of help each other out and that's nice. But two, you know, you buy that card, it's straight in your hand. You can use it even if, if it's like an assist card, you can play it on the next person's turn. And help them out, you know, give them life, give them extra damage, whatever it is that they need. So you guys have mentioned cooperative play, like those a lot. And, you know, we, we just talked a little bit about Doctor Who, but, you know, there can only be one Time Lord winner. Is that kind of the same thing here, that we're cooperative until we get to the end and then it gets a little bit of stab yourself or stab your buddy in the back? Other way around, actually. If any one person dies, the mission fails. Ah. Uh-huh. 
if one person dies, the mission is aborted. That's true. You enter a runaway round. Right. So in this game, you're playing a, a Shadowrun crew. Crew. Yeah. Um, you are on a mission to do some task, such as uh, junk and rest and salvage um, vehicles, or to you know rescue a guy who's hired you to break him out of a of a jail cell. Mm-hmm. Some sort of some sort of a uh, a hijinksy sort of mission. Yeah. Um, but if any one of your guys goes down, they have one round to get healed back up. If they take damage oh. before that, then they go critical. Yeah. The mission is scrubbed, and at that point, the bad guys begin to advance around the table, and somebody has to successfully resist all the damage coming at them, still be up, and carry the rest of the team out, or the whole thing is a loss. Yeah, and it, the no. mission's already failed. The mission's already failed. It's just whether or not the characters live. So pretty much nobody wants to play with me. No, because dude. If I die, I bring the whole team down. Well, because okay, we know but... my winning record is not high, <laughs> unless so... it's eons. It's really good if it's eons. That's right. Uh, but but no, like as a cooperative game, you could be like party medic, and nobody wants a party medic to die, right? They're gonna fight tooth and nail to keep you around. So you got all these you know people helping you out, and so yeah, it's it's interesting though. So one thing is set in the Shadowrun world. And for anybody who's played a lot of RPGs, you've probably run into Shadowrun. Very popular, you know, cyberpunk meets D&D landscape where people have cybernetic enhancements, but there's elves and dwarves and orcs and trolls, and they're, they're like high-end operators going around uh, causing crime and solving crime and doing jobs for well-moneyed corporate, you know, megacorps and stuff like that in some sort of cyberpunky dark future hellscape all of that rpg stuff informs the cards and they did a really good job i think of making it thematic like there's hackers there's mages there's there's gun guys you know the the uh, what do they call street samurai street samurai thank you oh samurais yes yeah dude and there's a katana in the game of course there's a katana and the katana does all kinds of cool damage helps everything else do damage i was I, I played Sweet. the street samurai some, and I also played the uh, the hacker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so at the beginning of the game, you pick a role. Up to four players in this game. You pick a role. The role might be mage, hacker, street samurai, or the face. So he's got all the skills and does, like, deck turning, right? So if you need extra cards in your hand, usually it's the face that's giving you extra cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you do one of four roles. And everybody's kind of got their specialty, right? And the bad guys need to take certain kinds of damage to go down. So it's definitely cooperative, right? You don't kill one bad guy on your own. You do some of the damage and somebody else on your team does the rest of the damage. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about it that you can't – you're not playing your own game. No. And everybody's engaged. I feel like in almost every turn, everybody's engaged in what's going on. Uh, The the assist cards really help with that because you're able to say, hey – I can take out, you know, all of this bad guy if you've got a really good hand, and I can do some damage to that guy. Has anybody got what I need to finish him off to take out some of some of uh, his, you know, tech-only resistance? Yeah. Okay, tell me about this damage, because, you know, I played that deck builder at D&D um, out at Gen Con the other day, and, you know, I'm not a really big deck builder guy, but the opponents had, like, 
oh, I'm just going to use their thing. Like two neutral damage, and then you have, to have one special blue damage, and then you have to have three regular damage, and then one smite damage or something. Yeah. Same kind of concept there. Yeah, yeah, very similar. So in in this game, the blue damage would be mage or or magical damage, right? And then green would be hacking damage, um, oh, that kind of thing. And yeah. then there is the neutral damage, you know. So there's the hey, just do damage of any color, good enough. Very similar concept there. There's really just four types of damage, and it's just a matter of do you have the cards in your hand that allow you to do the right color of damage to the bad guy in front of you. Daniel, you mentioned missions. Do did did, did you guys just kind of say, hey, we're going to do this, or how did the missions play out? So each each mission has a card associated with it. It's about a eight and a half by eleven folded in half. Uh, so each of those missions will have a certain number of rule sets for it. So it'll say, you know, round starts out, give everybody a guy from one of the regular decks, or it'll say. Shuffle out all the cards marked uh, Highway or uh, Wreck. Those form one deck, and then you'll be drawing enemies from that deck. So it's it's got a thematic element to it that's pretty neat. That increases the replay, so you're not actually hitting all the same cards all the time and right, just right. kind of wrapping the mission up. You get to see certain cards based upon those missions. Yeah. Right. And just as I was doing a little bit of research, it looks like there was expansion packs that now make sense because yeah. you were probably getting new mission cards right. and you were getting new bad guys right. to put in there. And by the way, I saw something about the bad guys are all like from mega corporations. Yeah, so that's one of the things is that like there in this game there's mega corporation problem. You know, the the companies are so big they become their own police forces. They're kind of like their own nations at this point. So that's in, that's definitely in this game. There's a really high end mission. So this is actually one of the other cool things about it is the missions have different difficulty levels because as you play you gain experience, in game experience, and you can spend that experience getting your character guy better. And there's really high-end missions we haven't even played yet. We've been playing this game, like, all week. <laughs> like, like seriously, like, one or two games a night kind of thing. And we wow. still Yeah, we've lost some missions and we've won some. Um, we still don't have enough experience to fight the, the two endgame cards, which are, like, Dragon Fight and one other one that are, like, yeah, you have to have, like a ton of experience at this game before you really even attempt these higher end It's missions. recommending like 10 or 12 successful missions where you've been you've been pushing the difficulty a little bit in order to, to risk losing. Yeah. So for an example for the difficulty change, you can start with an extra car- character on your on the enemy team mm-hmm. or you can start with uh, they've got a, a hazard deck. Yeah. And so in addition to fighting all the random characters that show up. There's a there's a second deck of things that just last for one turn. So it'll say all orcs and humans attack at plus one. Yeah. Or characters can only play three cards in a turn. My favorite one though is silence. And the way that works is the card comes up and it says silence. No player can speak, else they take a damage. And so oh, for I'd an entire Dude, for a whole round, 
everybody's quiet. You have to stay quiet. And you're using hand signals. You're pointing at cards. You know, I mean, you're just doing all you can to gesture your way through an entire round because nobody wants to take damage. There is there is an out, though. If you have a rules question, you can talk. But you can't talk about what's going on in front of you. You can't talk about what's in your hand or anything. You've got to be quiet. For a whole Otherwise, you and Danny Boy are like SEAL Team Six. You're all like, two guys on the left, yeah. move forward, <laughs> drop that damage. Yeah. Drop the green damage. I need green. <laughs> you know? It's like, if you drop that card and that other card, they'll combo. You'll be able to pick up this one out of the, uh, the buy deck. Now, say all of that without using words and just hand gestures without ever practicing it. You know, you you find this card like, oh, I, we just have to gesture our way through a very complicated, uh, cooperative damage dealing effort here, and it's just it's just tough. But I like that's one of my favorite trouble cards. Yeah. I only know a couple hand gestures, and none of them would help. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Road rage related gestures. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. that 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 like thing that happens, and I'm I'm going to call them. Uh, Oh, you know, they're the the environmental cards, you know, kind of comes out only for a turn. Are those the event cards? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, it's called the Crossfire deck. Um, okay. And so when they roll up, and there's a, kind of a, two layers to that. There's one effect that just happens. And if you're deep enough into the game and you've got enough Crossfire cards out – it will have a tougher condition. So one, all the orcs are harder. They hit you harder. And if you're far enough into the game, it'll say, oh, well, now that you're this deep in, not only do they all do one extra damage, but they all instantly heal one level of health. So whatever progress you've made just all gets rolled back, you know, and it's it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Does it add to the pressure, Daniel, when you see that? I mean, I read about those event cards and I saw how they were later game pain is what I would call that. They you, are. They, yeah. they, they add to the tension. They cause everything to snowball in, yes. a, in a really satisfying fact. Yes. Um, because at the very beginning, you've kind of got enough control over the mission. You've got relatively relatively the cards you're going to need, assuming you haven't bumped it up too much. Mm-hmm. The bad guys are relatively simple or they're, they're lightweight to kill. So there's a good balance. And then as you go forward, the cards start hosing you more and more and more. Yeah. You end up running into time bombs where if you don't take them out, they blow up and hit everybody for two points of damage. You start out with maybe seven health at the very highest end. Yeah, if you're like a troll or an orc, you get seven. Even a street samurai! The street samurai goes down. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there are cards that heal. There's cards that mitigate damage. So, I mean, there's ways of getting around some of this, but it ain't... It's not that consistent. The game is going to win. So, the pressure is always on. Like like you said, the first round or two, you're kind of lulled into this false sense of security. Oh, we killed a guy already. We've only got two more to kill. No big deal. Oh, wait, another event deck. Oh, wait, another crossfire card. Oh, man, the second effect just 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 went off. Oh, okay, I guess we're all taking extra damage, and now we're behind. You know, now we're under the gun. We got we to gotta race. Um, and that's one of the things I like about it is it starts off feeling kind of easy, and then you're two rounds in, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to make this one. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you, you, you draw a good card, 
off of the the top of the deck and Mm -hmm. where you get just what you needed and then you look ahead and you say okay if i buy the katana and the whip i'll be able to steal the bad guy who's about to murder our healer yep and i'll get to do plus one damage with every weapon card that i play and i've got three of those already in my hand and so i'm set up for this big power play at the next round right and you can maybe save one guy hold them off and then just tear them up yeah yeah and okay quick question yeah Quick question. You start the game, you got some in your hand, you're going through your turn, it sounds like you can pull a card and then buy cards, or is it a little bit like trains that you either are pulling a card or you're buying a card? Yeah, good question, good question. So you're all, at the end of your turn, if you have few enough cards, so like three or less in your hand, you go ahead and draw two right out of oh, your deck. Oh, it keeps it fast-paced. And then you buy cards. So if you've earned enough bucks, enough dollars in the game, you can buy things out of the black market while you're in the middle of your run. So while you're in the middle of this combat, you say, I'm buying this katana. It's right immediately in your hand and you can play it your next turn. And then there's assist cards that you can buy that allow you to help someone else during their turn. And that's critical. So like very critical. There are times where like I usually play the skill guy, the face, and so I'll have all these cards that allow me to make make the game cheaper for everyone else. So Daniel might be facing off against somebody who's really tough. I'll play my assist card that does a little extra damage, but critically, the next time he goes to shop for things, it's cheaper because I played my make the market cheaper card. So he can get more powerful items earlier than he could have normally otherwise. And that whole teamwork, helping each other out is critical in this game. This is a team this is a team effort. You cannot play with a selfish player on this one. Yeah, if you get a guy who's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy up all the armor cards and I'm gonna hoard them and then I'm gonna stay in the back, you're not going to come through with it. <laughs> Talking about our Doom experience earlier where the guy ended up all the armor and stayed in the back. I was same there thing. for that game. You were, yeah. Same thing here you got to work together, and if one guy hoards all the armor, you need to kick him from the group. You know, all I know is when you say face and you talk about a team, it just reminds me, dear listener, of... Were you guys the A-team? That's the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, one of you is driving the van. The other guy is talking, talking shop. You know, somebody's gunning everybody down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got Face, you got the hacker guy, you got B.A. Baracus, you got mm-hmm. Murdoch flying mm-hmm. in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Murdoch Do might be the you? mage. He might be the mage of that mage. relationship. Yeah, because you got to work in the mage somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mage, dude, the mage does tons of damage. The mage is like, wow. that thing right there is going to take a boatload of damage. Whereas the, the street samurai is like, everybody is going to take a bit of damage. And it's it's a neat it's a neat blend of how all the different roles kind of come together and the types of cards the other, they get. All right. The other big power that the street samurais, the, the black cards tend to get, Samurai. is they're the ones who are most able to move around the bad guys. Yes. So the each each color of cards has a specialty. The black cards are moving guys around. Yep. The red cards are drawing stuff off of the, the black market deck. Mm-hmm. The green cards are... Shutting down powers. Shutting down the enemy, yeah. are inconveniencing them, um, buying you a little extra time by preventing damage for a turn. 
the blue cards are about raw damage. Yeah, and a little bit of deck cycling. Like one or two look at the card coming up type thing and, and rearrange them a little bit, just a teeny tiny bit. But blue is all about damage. So if you're one of those players... But no card advantage. There's no, right. I'm just going to keep getting cards. That was really neat that Daniel mentioned that as not a mechanic because right. that is so common in getting card advantage. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are a few cards to let you draw, but there, there's none of this, you know, throne room, draw four cards, all your friends draw cards nonsense yeah. where right. you, you never have to <laughs> risk going through your entire deck and then shuffling some more in the middle of your turn, slowing down the pace of the game. Right. Yeah, the turns go pretty quick. And that, that really helps. Yeah. And how long is a game? 30, 45 minutes? 30, 45 minutes for a two-player, a little bit longer for a three-player. Yeah. The more players, the tougher. You know, you guys said a four-player game, and during my little uh, recon of Shadowrun, I thought it was two to eight. Um, so the expansion gives you two more rolls. So if you push it, you can go to six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, you're kind of breaking it at that point because they give you four rolls. And the two new ones with the expansion, they're like a hybrid roll. They're like part Street Samurai, part Decker, or wow. part Face and part Mage. Um, and so you're really only supposed to have four, I think. But yeah, when you get more players, it's just harder because there's just more bad guys out there. And those bad uh, guys are assisting one another. Yeah, it's, it's not... You know, draw one guy, it's draw as many guys as are on the team, plus one. Right. Or, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. So, with two guys, you draw a good card, you're going to get it again pretty quick. With four guys, somebody's going to have a bad draw, and they're going to die. And as soon as they die, it's on to the evac time. Mm -hmm. And everybody's running. So, favorite starting cards. Because, you know, we talked about that, like the samurai and the orcs and those kind of things. What have you guys been playing as, like, your favorite starters? So if it's two-player game, we both go after the hybrid cars card, where, where Daniel is doing the Street Samurai and Decker, which is uh, that, that hybrid role, the, the black and green cards, and I'm going after Mage and Face, because then you have an even spread of all the cards. You're not too specialized in one or the other, because the deal is, is the enemies, when they come up, they're one or the other. And they, you need to do all four types of damage equally to win the game. So you can't... And, and that's another point, is that each player starts out with seven cards, and each card is a one cost, does one damage. It's not an exciting card. It doesn't let you draw things or do multiple damage types. Right. Um, now, as you go through and you level up your character, you can start to get advantages. Either you start with some extra cards in your hand... Uh, you start with a black market that has more cards and stays a little bit bigger. There, there's one that lets you bump up the power of your base cards. You swap out one of the cheapy one one damage card for like a level two card that maybe does a damage and an extra power or does two damage or something along those lines. Dear yeah. listener, are we moving into the territory of what I saw online as the great debate? Oh. Stickers? Are you guys using oh. the stickers as you level up? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so so the game comes with these sticker packs. You spend your XP. So when you win a mission, you get some experience. And your little character goes forward. And you can spend that experience on these little powers. And in the board game, there's these stickers. 
And I got to tell you, I am not a sticker guy. I write it down on the card. <gasps> David. What? You don't pull the sticker off and like put it on your card? No, because there's like, only so many stickers. <laughs> I know. I, I was that was like the great debate. That's the, Daniel. Where do you fall on this great debate? Would you use the stickers or would you not use the stickers? I would use the stickers, but I I accept Fuck that you. there are people who are mint in box condition. Um, but I've played through legacy games before. Mm. Um, I can appreciate doing the damage to the setup and being willing to say, okay, I've, I've gone through all the, the pieces. I just need to go download a copy of what they are for, for next time. You know, if, if this is a game that I want to play for years, and I could see this being a game that I'd want to play for years, then, yeah, I would regret having used up the stickers. Uh, but I'm just over here for a week or so. So I'm like, like yeah, let's wreck everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> not my game. Daniel's that guy that comes to your house, plays with your toys, and then he's like, deuces, while shit's everywhere on the floor. Stickers and on then everything. And mom comes in and says, pick it all up. Daniel's gone. Take it off with your extra stickers. Right. Oh, yeah. And I put the stickers on, like, the wall or the yeah. side of a, of a table that's really old. The wall gets extra cards, not my character. The wall gets extra <laughs> So my So Kelly, she likes to use the stickers. And there was this moment where she's like, you don't want me to use the stickers? So I was like, I'd really like it if you didn't. Because <laughs> I don't want to use the stickers. And it, actually, here's, here's why. The, one, I don't like messing with it. But two, there's a point in the game where it tells you, hey, if you were replacing a power... You don't take off that sticker. You just no. cover it up with a new sticker. With a new sticker. Oh, man, this is like freaking Reddit debates about this. And there's like Board Game Geek flaming. I mean, this really is kind of a neat mechanic yeah. that they added this idea of stickers. Mm -hmm. And if you upgrade something, well, you slap a sticker over the old sticker. Right. Yes. I mean, that was – I was reading that going – Wow, yeah. how cool is that? But I'm kind of with Daniel. I'd probably pull the stickers and just buy another sticker pack later. Right, and they you can do that. Sticker pack. They, they do. They sell a character pack, which is more player cards and stickers. That's all it is. I can't. Wow. I can't. I can't have a problem with that. That point. But think about it. Five years from now, I mean, the game's already not in print right now. It's already ninety bucks on 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 eBay. Wow. Right. That's for a copy with Ooh. missing pieces. With missing stickers. I guarantee you it's missing stickers. <laughs> $90, all the stickers are gone. That's true. But Someone's kid put them on the dog. I, I played Magic the Gathering growing up, um, and I didn't use card protectors. Mm. So I shuffled mm. dual lands, and now I kind of wish I'd used card protectors more. For your dual lands? Yeah, I'll bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta admit that's the only place I use card sleeves is when I was dropping down some Magic the Gathering. Well, in Netrunner I do because they kind of, they. I think it's part of the thing. They want you to sleeve them for uh, not cheating. You know oh, what right. I mean? Everything yeah. has the same. Um, oh, that's funny. Netrunner has the mega corporations too. Now that so, I kind of think about that, Cyberpunk yeah. man. I mean, uh, Blade yeah. Runner, all the Neuromancer stuff from Steve uh, William Gibson. Uh, uh, love all, all that stuff. I mean, all those cyberpunk settings, oh, mega corpse with the decks. Okay, now here's the big question. As I look at your corporation names, 
Were they Disney, Google, and Microsoft and Apple? <laughs> what were the mega corporation names in this shadow run universe? It's like it's like um what's the the bike that you that you can use to get rid of one of the effects? There like, was a Suzuki. Okay, that's a Suzuki. Okay. So there's Suzuki's in the game. But there's um, no soft, friendly names like Disney. No. No way. Controlling These are all, everything you see. No, this is like Blade Runner Tyrell Corp, you know. Oh, okay. You know, Ditech Heavy Industries, you know, that's, they're, they're evil names, guaranteed evil <laughs> on each one of them. And that's, that's kind of the, the fun of cyberpunk is that there's a clear bad guy and it's always the corpse and, and, and the, the, the pseudo legal Shadowrun team. They're the plucky good guys in this yeah, buddy. dystopian future. Well, kind of good guys. They do bad things, but for a good cause, which makes them good guys. Specifically money. That is a good cause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and experience, so you can get your upgrades. Your sticker which upgrades. Is worth <laughs> so do, do you like do you like uh do you have a piece of paper you have with all your your upgrades kind of written down that goes no. along with your character card? No, no, no. I just write it on there. The character card is um is dry, dry yeah, dry erase friendly. Oh. so I just take a dry erase marker right on there, done. Hmm. I'm kind of tempted I'd do the dry race, but I like the sticker concept. That's really neat. What what upgrades have you guys chosen for your characters? Uh, my guy just hit level 20, uh, which means uh, the cheapest upgrades are five points each. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked the ability to do magic damage for a couple extra points of damage, mm-hmm. uh, just as a trade-in. Uh, and then an extra card, an extra hit point, and an extra cash starting out. Yeah. I have been using the same character since I bought the game, and even as much as we have played it, he's only at 39 or 40. I think he just hit 40 experience points. So he gets two extra cards, an extra hit point, an extra or an extra buck in the game. Those are like your three starter stats is how many cards you start with, how much health you get, and how much money you get. So all of that's boosted. And then he's got one other thing... Whenever you play the first card of your color that turn, you do an extra damage. Um, so something along those lines, uh, just to do a little extra damage in the game. But you need big upgrades if you're going to do the later on adventures. Okay. So speaking of the later on adventures, you know, Daniel isn't moving in. So he's, he's moving along at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Are you guys, what, what about a buy-in? What about a buy-in game? Where you guys sit down and say, we're level 70, and we um, have this many experience points. Let's build our character. I mean, man, it almost sounds like you're playing a role-playing game. It's true. You know, to it's where true. you sit down. Remember the buy-in and on 3-5, uh, how you would get your 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 your, uh, your skills or your traits or your, your, your things all set? Oh, yeah. And you, you could play a higher character. Out of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, there there is something to that. I mean, I think that right now I'm really enjoying, honestly, the grind of it because I get to play each each of the missions. And after you've played all the missions, you start to advance up to the next level of difficulty and there's a whole new set of missions to go through. So I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that progression. But, yeah, I think that if, um, you know, another year or two of this, of playing sporadically, I would say, no, buddy, let's just get you 15 experience points and you know, spend some of those so you're mid, mid-ish level before playing. But I'd want somebody to have played the game a little bit 
before they'd go to the 70. That's another point, is that as you play the game, you get better at it. Yeah. And so saying, okay, this mission, you want to have some extra points. One, you start out with a little bit of an advantage, but also those missions are actually more complicated to win at. Yeah. Um, the, the event deck you were talking about earlier, um, as it starts to accumulate more and more bad things, you spart, start spawning harder and harder bad guys. Because you spawn... There's there's two bad guy decks. There's easy every, bad... every mission yeah. set. There's easy bad guys and hard bad guys. <laughs> and the hard bad guys either have a lot of extra health or have some really nasty powers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are bad guys that... When they die, they do a point of damage to everybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that just hoses your whole plan of, oh, I'll just finish this guy off and we can escape. And you're like, I finished this guy off. He kills my buddy. We're done. Yeah. So as we look at the game itself, I did see 2014 was the release date. Mm-hmm. How long have you owned this game? Two years. And you've played it how much in two years? I've played it... Um, well, from, you're level... I'm level 40-something. Uh, yeah, so but I, I didn't... It. I didn't really start with that character. It took me a little bit to decide I even wanted to start a character um, because I thought, oh, I'll just keep playing over and over again. And then I realized, oh, no, I'll never get to the later content unless I do experience points. Um, So I've probably played it 25 times. Wow. You know, one, one, one little article I was reading was like 50 is where it's at. When you get 50 games under your belt, that's when you, you fight the dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. like a dragon in it. Yeah, yeah. there's a dragon mission. Yeah. And here's the deal. You want 70 plus experience point upgrades on your character and you need a team of 4. Wow. So, you need a lot of experienced, well-versed players to try and do the dragon game supposedly. I have not actually tried that mission yet. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have four players to play that game with me. So well, Daniel's coming back in six months, so you guys can work on a little bit more mm-hmm. level progression. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully yeah. we'll talk so about this game again. Yeah. I know, once we've, this, once we've beat fit the... into your buy list, Daniel, would you like look at this and go, man, I need this at the house? Depends on the crew. Um, the group of people that I live with now, Absolutely. They would yeah. enjoy this game. It's a good cooperative game. You can play it at multiple different levels. Uh, it's got clear de- delineation of whose turn it is, and that they're the person who gets to make the decisions, mm-hmm. which is a, a problem that you can see oh, in games like yes. Pandemic. Pandemic oh, 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 is a really fun game, but you sit around the table, and frequently in order to win, you have to plan out every person's move, for the entire set of turns. Yeah. Which means that effectively, <laughs> you're not playing your character. You're just coming up with an idea as a group. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're unlucky, you've got one guy who's doing all the thinking and or all the talking. <laughs> yeah. And two people who are sitting there bored out of their minds because they really have checked out a while ago or have been drinking. Right. Which is always a problem. Right. For serious gamers. You p- go and play Shadowrun, it's like, no, 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 no. You played an assist card on my turn. I still get to decide where that damage goes. You're still in charge of your character. Like, you decide what bonuses you're going to put on your character. You decide what bonuses you're going to put on your character. You decide how you're going to spend your cash. Yep. Also, for the cash, 
you get points. You get you get your money from defeating enemies. Mm-hmm. And the way that hat works is that the guy whose turn was being taken when the enemy was defeated, that's the guy who gets the first dollar. Yeah. So if a guy is worth six dollars, he gets a dollar, and then it goes around. Oh yeah. Each yeah. other person gets a dollar. He gets a second dollar. Yep. It, and that's and that's one of the funky things about this game is that like maybe it's Daniel's turn, but I play like three assist cards that gives him a kill. I might end up on the losing stick of that of that money rotation because Daniel will get two and maybe I only get one or something along those lines. But that's it's, that's the way it goes, you know. Guys, I, I played that D and D deck builder and it has a lot of the same feel. Oh, now that really? was. That was two years ago at Gen Con that I sat down for that demo. Who, who made that? I wonder. It, it was at Watsy. Oh. We were sitting there playing this D&D game. I was with Ryan. Yeah. And, it, you know, a lot of the elements you're talking about, I played in that game. Huh. Um, you know, it's funny to hear now you talk about those things. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't remember what the name of it is. Everybody get to their special internet devices here. And yeah, um, Hold on, hold on. Uh, excuse me. Dear listener. If you know what that game is, please tweet us so that somebody will have tweeted us. We are at High Shelf Gaming on Twitter. So if you have the answer, give it to us so that someone will have talked to us. It'll be great. So yes, you may want to go once go check out our Twitter and see what someone tells us that D and D board game is. Uh, not board game, the deck builder game, mm-hmm. and you may like that a lot. It had a lot of same elements, but now I know where they stole it from, which probably Shadowfire stole it from someone else. But you know, Shadowrun. Shadow oh, run. Shadow Run. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got my name right. You got the game's name wrong. Yeah. Can't all be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel can be perfect. Daniel's been perfect. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I took Run and Cross out and just made it Shadow <laughs> Fire. Did you see that? <laughs> you, just, you just made it shorter. That's a, that's a very, like, uh, corporate executive thing to do. That's very hyper corp of you, sir. I work at Disney, my friend. <laughs> There's one thing I've been thinking about with this game since we've been playing it so much this week. I think it could benefit from a nice house rule. And that is, by the rules of the game, player one, when they're ready as player one, they flip the event deck. They flip the event card to determine what the hardness is for that round, that full round for everybody. And then they also pass out all the bad guys whenever... They pass out all the bad guys to the to the good guys to face. I would really like it. Do kind of a doom treatment to this. Do a bit of more of a role play treatment where you have somebody who's playing a referee and maybe they're reading the event deck. Maybe they draw two or three um, crossfire cards <gasps> and lay out the one that they think is best. Maybe not the worst. Maybe not the easiest. Oh. But they think is best. You know, And maybe they're holding one to give you a hard round later. Right. Or they go, let's give a softball right here sure. because all the, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Or, or or maybe they move around the bad guys in a way that uh, makes it a little more intelligent. Because right now, the first bad guy goes to whoever their matching color is, and then it's just round robin after that. It'd be really nice if the if the if the person curating could be like, you know what? These guys are uncoordinated, so they're going to kind of go off half, half dash. But maybe they're you're in a later mission, and you're and it says in the mission card that it's a coordinated enemy. Maybe he tries to stack the deck a little bit, yeah. you know, t- tries to cu- uh, curate it a little bit more. I-, I think that there's something there that and maybe even they're curating the the black market. I would kind of like that. I'd kind of like to run a game of this 
as a ref just to see if it can be more fun. Like a role-playing game. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm your Huckleberry. At High Shelf Gaming Con, I will hand you some terrible cards. Sweet. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Should I play that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny as I have a note on here about homebrew. Because I was kind of, you know, digging some of the things. And I go, wow, I wonder if people homebrew this with. They homebrew missions. They homebrew their character cards. You know what I mean? I could see there's a lot of personality in mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. That it really has an RPG feel. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would bet money that there's homebrew mission cards and homebrew character powers. Pulling right out of the role-playing game. Because the, 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 the powers you get right now are very straightforward. And I'm I'm guessing that somebody's gone through the role playing book and said, "Hey, you know, let's let's give some some extra enhancements that you can buy with with XP in this game." Daniel, next year board game geek con, we got to do it. Heck yeah, I'm in town. We were uh, that's right. We we had two of us this year, and we were like, man, if we had four of us, oh, yeah. that would have been great. I mean, we game for days, barely slept. You would be like a king there. Now, are you aware of the weekly game marathon that is in Dallas? Mm, Sorry, tell monthly. Me more. Every, tell me more. Every month, Dallas Games Marathon has a board gaming marathon Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're up in northern Plano area. Oh, dude, that's down the street from you. That's right down the street from me. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're over at Parker and Alma. Is that, the, oh. is that Madness? Is that where Madness is? It is It is one major street down from Madness. Okay, okay. Uh, it's behind a Shipley's Donut Shop. Yes. Uh, they have a, a Saturday... No, not Saturday. They have a Thursday, 6 to midnight, board gaming. Every Thursday. And then every third weekend of the year, of each month, is um, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday gaming. Sunday wow. you can bring your small kids in for free. Nice. Um... It looks like a really good deal. That's awesome. I've been once. It was fun. I need to take a look at that. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I may have to get your contact info also just so that we can like coordinate a bit. We should probably wrap uh, here shortly. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, Daniel, it was a lot of fun having you on this episode and talking about this kind of fun, funky little game that we've been playing all week. Um, I'm jealous I wasn't there. So you guys, it sounds like you had a blast. You you missed a good game. Um, I've enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, Rich, any closing uh, closing comments or anything? Uh, any shout outs you want to give? No, just we need to get some nice soft fuzzy merch because I need some new shirts. I don't know if you notice. I gotta. I yes, gotta we know you need a shirt. So we gotta we gotta roll out some new merch. That was a problem at the start of the podcast. We discovered you. That's right. You know, coming off a of chat roulette. <laughs> no, there's a guy who can use a shirt. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> I'm supposed to share that with the audience. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that said, uh, thanks again, everyone, for joining us for another uh, great podcast. And um, have fun and play well. Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, please find us on Twitter, again, at High Shelf Gaming, or on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well, so feel free to leave us some feedback or a review there. Hey everyone, this is David again with High Shelf Gaming Podcast, 
As always, I am joined by my co-host, Rich, and today we are joined by my good buddy, Daniel Sheed. Shed. Shed. My name is Daniel Shed. You oh my god. I fucked over, it all asshole. up. You know what? We're keeping it. Guys, I am so sorry. I've known this man for over a decade. And I have never known his last name's pronunciation. You have, in fact, been corrected several times. Was I drunk? No. I'm just that bad. Yeah. Also, I'm a mechanical engineer. I called you a friend. Yeah. Sometimes you call me a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wrong about your job. I was just wrong about your place in my life. Starting off with a bang. (laughs) 